Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas and JJ co-teach an Advent message talking about hope and peace. They talk about how hope and peace are found and promised in Jesus, looking at Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7. JJ also talks about how Jesus brought a godly peace that surpasses all understanding, like it talks about in Philippians 4, verse 7. We hope you enjoy this message and have a Merry Christmas. Well, we are indeed in the month of December. Can you guys believe that? Yeah, excited. How many of you just get like super excited for Christmas? Like this is the best time of the year for you. Nice. My people, I love fall. I love fall when it comes like the leaves changing, the temperature getting a little cooler, football, my birthday, epics in the fall, like all this stuff happens in the fall. Uh, But Christmas is definitely one of the top times of the year. Basketball. Basketball starts like in the fall, is that what you're saying? Or in like now? Yes, just lots of head shaking. I feel like basketball is always starting, right? Like basketball is always starting. Soccer is always starting. There's certain sports that never uh, seem to, to not be starting. So anyway, we are, in these, uh, th- we are in the last month of 2020. We are in the very beginning uh, here of December. And we're also in the beginning of uh, a season that is, has been a big part of the church calendar for hundreds of years now. And it is the season of Advent. And actually, if you uh, were here last week, Charlie started talking about Advent downstairs in the main service, the adult service, if you will. And so we are actually going to be talking about it for the next two weeks here. Why only two weeks? Well, because we only have two more weeks of middle school, like we mentioned earlier, in in this year. And so normally Advent is celebrated over a four-week period. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take each of these two weeks, we're going to take half of Advent and talk about it uh, just in a, in a short amount of time, right? So this week, we're going to talk about basically two weeks of Advent. Next week, we're going to close with two weeks of Advent. And me and JJ are going to be tag teaming both of those weeks, right? So I'm up here first. JJ's coming second. Uh, before we start talking about Advent, what, what it is, why we celebrate it uh, as, as Christians, why it's a part of like our Christian calendar, which maybe you didn't even realize we have one of those. But uh, before we start doing that, I would like to hear from some of you guys, what are some of your family's traditions around Christmas time? Do you have any family traditions, and I would just mean like, yeah, we open presents on Christmas morning, right, or you you open them on Christmas day, but there's like some specific things you do that you know maybe not everybody's family does. Uh, What's one of those things, James? Uh Uh-huh. Nice. Sounds like a lot of... uh, present time and family time. So Christmas starts for them on like on Christmas Adam, right? Which you see what he did there. So there's Christmas Day, there's Christmas Eve, and then who came before Eve in the garden? It was Adam. So the day before Christmas Eve is Christmas Adam for their family. They start Ashlyn. Really? I've heard about this. She said that they hide a pickle in the tree. Does anybody else do that? Anna, you say you do that? That's like, isn't that like some sort of German tradition or something? That's how it's starting? It's so interesting to me. Do, do you like, in order to find it, do you guys just kind of smell around for it? Like, oh, it's an ornament? Oh, okay. It's not a real pickle. Okay, well, you know what? You learn, you learn something new every, every day, and, and that's the thing for me. So the ornament does not smell like a real pickle. We've confirmed that? Okay. Thank you. Is it already hidden on your tree? No, it'll be hidden 
like Christmas Eve that night they're going to hide it or something? Okay, interesting. Uh, Miles, what's the family tradition for you guys? Go to the Grove Park Inn, yes. You know, I've never been to the Grove Park Inn for like Christmas time, which I feel like is, yeah, I feel like that's a, a tragedy, right? Anybody else? Anybody from this side of the room, you got a, a Christmas tradition you guys do? Yeah? Big yawns on Christmas morning? I hear you. Yep. Yes. Nice. So just traditions of like where you stay, where you eat, depending on who, which side of the family you're with, you go one way or another, right? Yeah, so there are a ton of Christmas traditions. We could talk about those for a long time. I've told some of you guys before that one of my favorite traditions is that my, my family, my side of the family, uh, goes to eat Japanese food on Christmas Eve, and so we go to like one of those like hibachi's steakhouse places. Like We used to go to Mimi's. Uh, and we've been to Miyabi's, and I can't even remember the name. Fusion something? It used to be called Fusion. Uh, but anyway, so we do that, and then we go to my parents' house, and we open up every single year. So I have literally an entire drawer, and my chest of drawers is basically just Christmas pajamas because we get a new pair of pajamas every year. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I haven't grown in a while. So I have, like, I have like pajamas from high school probably that are in that drawer that – I just can still wear, right? So uh, that's a fun tradition for us, though. And uh, we, I mean, honestly, we could keep going about traditions. We kind of started one this year, and it's probably something that you guys are familiar with. Maybe you did it when you were a little kid. Like, you probably made this in school at some point, right? Um, but we started doing it with Owen, because Brittany was, was getting really excited about it. And it's these whole Christmas countdowns, right? This whole, like, uh, typically it's made out of construction paper, and you just make little rings with the construction paper. And the idea is that you start on December 1st, and that every day until Christmas, you rip off one of these loops, and you get to count down. And for Owen, our three-year-old, it's like actually helping him sort of count, right? Like now he can, you know, almost get to 20 or whatever, which is pretty cool. And so, you know, like today we'll break one off if they haven't already, and it'll be 19 days till Christmas if you if you count Christmas Day. Okay, let's not let's not get too crazy about it. But uh, so that's a fun fun tradition. But I think the difference between this and like some of the ones you guys mentioned is that it actually spans the whole of December, right? Uh, that's what's kind of unique about this tradition and others like it is it it starts December 1st. It doesn't start Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or even Christmas Adam. It starts like long before it. And in some ways, it's kind of recognizing that, yeah, this is what what we feel. You know, we, we see it on the radio. We see it in stores. This is a whole season. It's more than just a, a one-day thing for us, right? And in some ways, this is kind of what the season of Advent does as well. Advent is a, a Christian holiday that started in like the 1400s or 1500s, kind of in the Middle Ages, and it was meant to uh, just kind of put some extra importance and significance around uh, the Christmas holiday, the Christmas season, and help us really step back and kind of slow down, especially today we need this, right, to slow down the pace of our lives, to step back from all the crazy things that are happening in our world, or just from all the, all the stuff that's nonstop, right? And to remember and recognize the real reason for this Christmas season. And that is Jesus, right? 
Like as much fun as it is to go to somebody's house and open presents and like, and, and family's great and, and getting gifts and giving gifts, that's so much fun too. And man, you guys know how I feel about food, right? So like so many of these traditions are so fun and so right in so many ways, but ultimately, you know, a, a, a jolly, rotund individual coming down your chimney and giving you presents under the tree is not the real reason for this season. The whole, whole point of it is to celebrate Christ. And so normally, I don't know, have any of you been in a church where you like truly celebrated or maybe it's like your grandparents' church and they truly did Advent and they had the wreath and the candles? Has anybody been a part of that at any point? Yeah, so we don't necessarily do that here. Maybe in the future, if we keep talking about Advent every single year, we, sh- we should. I don't think we're actually allowed to light candles because if you remember, like our building burnt down and all that stuff, and well, that's, we'd have to talk about that sometime. Not this building, but it was at the school. That opens up a can, I guess. But anyway... So normally there's a wreath. When I was Catholic, uh, we would do this every single year. And the four weeks leading up to Christmas, you light one of these candles that are on the wreath. And so there's a wreath. You can actually see it in this picture here. Not the wreath, but the candles. Um, there's this wreath, and it's got five candles on it. One, one of them represents Christ, right? And then there's four candles that are around this wreath that you light every single week. One representing, normally, hope. One representing peace one representing joy, and one representing love, right? And there's, depending on which church you go to, they may put different names to different candles or have different subjects for each week. But, but basically, the, the four candles, well, there's Christ as a fifth candle, and then there's hope, peace, joy, and love. And so each of the four weeks leading up to Christmas, you would light a candle and you would focus on one of those four things. So for this week, I'm going to talk for just a few moments about hope, and JJ is going to come up and finish it off by talking about peace, right? Just a little more on Advent. Advent is from the Latin word Adventus. Everybody say Adventus. Adventus. Now you sound like uh, you're Latin or like, uh, I don't know, Dracula or something. Adventus. Oh, you're a, you're a wizard. You're a wizard, Harry. Adventus. I don't know. That, is, that, is that something that actually happens there? I, don't, I have no idea. But, oh, Adventus is the, is the Latin word that Advent comes from. And Adventus means arrival, right? So while we're talking about these things of hope, joy, love, and peace, uh, a big part of Advent, too, is remembering, right, the first arrival of Jesus as a baby and eventually his second arrival. So it's remembering what Jesus, what God has already done, and remembering what he, or, or, or thinking on, setting our eyes on what he will one day do when he comes for that second arrival, right? So let's start talking about hope, and here's basically what we're going to do, and then JJ's going to come tag in and finish off this message. But I'm going to talk about uh, the hope that that the Israelites were initially waiting for, the people of God were waiting for. We're going to talk about the hope that we now have as Christians on this side of the cross. And then we're going to talk about, so what does this mean for us, okay? So hope when it came to the people of Israel before Jesus, they were, they were basically waiting for Jesus, right? They had this hope, they had this promise that God one day is going to send a savior. One day he's going to send somebody to rule and reign over us. He's going to send somebody to, yes, do away with our sin and make everything right. And here's kind of where, or at least one of the places that they got that idea from. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, right? It says, for us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So some of this probably sounds pretty familiar. It's uh, some verses that are typically read around Christmas time, and maybe you didn't know that they were pretty connected to this whole Advent thing and Advent wreath. But, but the Israelites were hoping that a ruler like this would come and that God was going to be the one. They knew that God was going to be the one to send it. But they had a different idea of what this would look like and how it would play out. And maybe you don't realize this, but the people of Israel or, or the Jewish people today are still waiting for this to happen. They're still waiting for a savior. They're still waiting for a messiah. They're still waiting for a ruler. Why, why do they not recognize Jesus as that? Because based on these verses and this passage and others like it in the Old Testament, they thought that Jesus was going to come and that he was going to rule and reign like, like a king or, or like, like a president or like, in, I mean, maybe in some ways, almost like a, just an authoritarian, right? Like that he would do away with all the enemies. At the time when Jesus came, the big enemy on the scene was the Romans, right? That he would kick the Romans out, that he would do away with them, and that he would rule and reign over the people in an earthly way. And the last thing that they thought was that part of Jesus' coming would be that, that he would die, right? It's like, no, he's going to establish He's going to establish things the way that they were meant to be from the beginning, and that that's what it was going to be. So that's, that's why they, they kind of miss Jesus, because he came in a different way. Yes, God fulfilled the promise. Yes, their hope was assured. God was going to do what he said that he was going to do. All of the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus were fulfilled in him, but they weren't fulfilled in the way that the Jewish people thought, and so they missed him. But that, that was the one that they were hoping for. That was the one that they, were, that they w- would dream about, that they would talk about, that they would get excited about. And us, as Christians on this side of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we now can look back. We can see from the, the writings in, in the Old Testament how it connects to who Jesus actually was when he came. That, yeah, God had just a different idea about, about the Savior that he was going to send, about the Messiah that he was going to send. And now looking back on this side of the cross, we know that that's where our hope lies, is, is in him. And it was with Jesus' arrival as a baby, Jesus, or JJ is going to talk about this more in just a moment, but it was with Jesus' arrival as a baby where he brought in all these things, he ushered in these things that we are talking about during the season of Advent. He came and brought hope. He came and brought peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He came and brought joy. He came and brought love. These gifts Jesus brought. And so now as Christians today, so we can look back and see, man, that, that's the person that our hope is in, is Jesus, this one who's come and lived a perfect life and died a death that we deserved and rose again, conquering sin and death. That that's where our hope is. And now we, we can look to the future and know that we also have hope in the future at his second coming or his second arrival, his second Adventus, right? That one day Jesus will come back to make all wrong things right, and make all sad things happy, and to usher in the new heavens and the new earth, and we will get to be a part of it with him. This is our hope. Now, before you get confused, I think that one of the big distinctions we need to make is that there is a difference between biblical hope that we're talking about and hope that we tend to have as just earthly human people, right? Like for most of us, hope, when we say hope, we mean it in this sense. We mean like, I hope that I get 
whatever it is that you're really hoping to get for Christmas. Like, I hope when I wake up that one of the things I unwrap is that gift. Like, you think you're going to get it. You've told your mom and dad and Santa that, that you want it, right? Like, you're pretty sure, like, I, I hope that I get it, but it's not, like, 100% certain that you will for most of us, right? Or when we talk about hope, hope is like this, that, man, I, I just, I can't wait until 2021 because 2021 is going to be better than 2020, I hope, like we think it will be, we really want it to be, but 2021 could be just like this year. It could be even worse. We just don't know. Nobody, it's not actually been promised to us that once we get rid of this year and we throw away the 2020 calendars, that things are actually going to get better. It's, we just hope it will. But hope in the Bible, biblical hope, is that no, it is assured It is a sure thing. It is a true thing. It will happen, even if it doesn't happen in the way that we think it will. See, the Israelites had hope that the Messiah would come, that God would send someone, that he would send his son. They didn't know what it would look like, but it was assured, and in the end, God did do it in Jesus. And now for us as Christians, we have hope. We know it is assured God is faithful. He will fulfill his promises. He he will stay true to his word. We just may not know when or what exactly it will look like, but we can trust him and have hope, have assurance in it that one day Jesus will come back in his second coming. So what does that mean for us? Like, well, when things do get crazy in this world, when things get crazy in your family, when maybe Christmas doesn't go exactly how you thought it should or, or would, or 2021 doesn't actually get any better, no matter what the things come in your life, whether they're good or they're bad, that you can have hope, that you can have assurance that God is faithful all the time and that maybe nothing else in your life is In the middle of everything crumbling, we need something to hold tight and hold fast to, and that something is very much the God that we serve and and the Jesus who came for you and for me. So let me pray that we would have hope this holiday season. God, thank you for the hope that we find in Jesus. Father, I pray that for each of our lives, would you help us to have hope in the midst of the good and the bad, that we would rest assured in you, that you are the promise keeper. You're the promise maker. You are, you're the one who, who fulfills it all. Lord, will we be able to trust you during this Advent season? You know, we pray. Amen.
a long-awaited Messiah. Jesus had had um, prophecies about him for a long time. They've been waiting for a Messiah to come. They knew that one day they would have a Messiah who would conquer and be put on the throne and build his kingdom on earth. However, when Jesus came the first time in that manger as a baby, that wasn't God's plan. God, God said not right now for that part. And as we know, as Josh just talked about, we do look towards and hope. We have hope that there is a second coming and it's going to be here. But that, is, that was not God's plan for the first coming. Um, everybody was expecting Jesus to bring peace through war. They thought he was going to be a conquering king. They thought he was going to come in and conquer their enemies. And at the time, who was their enemies? Does anybody know? Who's the Jews' enemies at the time? Romans. Romans, good word. So the Roman Empire had been ruling, and they were very oppressive over the Jews. Or the Jews. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh, typo. Um, over the Jews, and they made sure that the Jews knew um, that they were in power. And, uh, they Tag out. <laughs> Thanks, Dallas. Um, if you don't know me, I'm JJ. I'm one of the high school interns here, and um, I'm going to be tag teaming this sermon with Dallas today, and I'm going to be talking about peace. So what did Dallas talk about? What was the first week of Advent? Hope. Good work. That was a lot louder than first service. Um, peace um, is the next one, and so that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And really, Advent is just a great way for, to remind us of like the gifts that Jesus came with. Um, so Jesus was the ultimate gift that God gave us, and that's why we celebrate Christmas in this way, by giving gifts to each other. And so in these next two weeks, this week and next, we're going to walk through the gifts that Jesus came with, the, the hope, the peace, the joy, the love. And so I'm going to be talking about peace today. And peace is a really cool thing to talk about um, in terms of how Jesus brought it about. See, just like Dallas was talking about, Jesus was a long-awaited Messiah. Jesus had had um, prophecies about him for a long time. They'd been waiting for a Messiah to come. They knew that one day they would have a Messiah who would conquer and be put on the throne and build his kingdom on earth. However, when Jesus came the first time in that manger as a baby, that wasn't God's plan. God, God said, not right now for that part. And as we know, as Dallas just talked about, we do look towards and hope. We have hope that there is a second coming and it's going to be here. But that, that was not God's plan for this first coming. Um, everybody was expecting Jesus to bring peace through war. They thought he was going to be a conquering king. They thought he was going to come in and conquer their enemies. And at the time, who was their enemies? Does anybody know? Who was the Jews' enemies at the time? Romans, good work. So the Roman Empire had been ruling and they were very oppressive over the Jews. Or the Jews. Um, sorry. <laughs> oh, typo. Um, over the Jews, and they made sure that the Jews knew um, 
that they were in power and um, they were in power over them. And so the Jews didn't like the Romans. The Jews were not big fans of the Romans because the Romans treated them terribly. Um, But when Jesus came, Jesus um, came and he did his ministry as a suffering servant. He was always looking for ways to love others, even his enemies. Um, The faithful centurion. Jesus helped a Roman centurion because he was faithful and believed in Jesus. I bet the Jews looked at that and they go, why? Why are you helping him? He's our enemy. He, he was friends with the tax collectors. Why, Jesus, why are you friends with them? Start a war, like we're waiting. We'll help you, just start a war. They didn't understand that he was trying to bring this peace that is, surpasses all understanding. It wasn't just a worldly peace he was trying to bring through force. He was trying to bring a godly peace through purification of our hearts. Jesus came and he died on the cross because he knew that before the world could be purified, he had to purify our hearts. He couldn't just bring about a kingdom and um, get this worldly peace and that wouldn't fix everything. Our hearts needed to be fixed first. But what does the scripture say about this peace? Because um, peace is actually talked about a lot in the scripture. It's word peace is said over 300 times throughout the Bible, which is kind of crazy. So um, I'm gonna read a few verses that relate to this. In John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This peace that Jesus is bringing, this is Jesus talking right here, it, it is an inner peace that we can feel. We know that we can have peace within us, not just in the world around us. The next verse is in Galatians 3. And says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So in addition to this inner peace that God's peace gives us, we can have peace with the others around us knowing that we are all under one name. We're all from the same creator. We can have peace with the ones around us because through Christ, we are all, we are all one. We are all made, we are all united. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Not the peace of the world, the peace of God. It guards our hearts. In addition to that inner peace, in addition to having peace with the people around us, our hearts are guarded from sin and evil and our hearts are guarded from the devil and we can stand knowing that God's promises hold fast above all else. Another verse is Proverbs 12.20. It says, deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but those who plan peace have joy. This peace gives us joy. That's another one of the Advent weeks. We'll be talking about that next week. This peace that God gives us allows us to have this joy because we can walk just 
just like um, it says in Philippians, we can walk knowing that God's promises stand fast above all else. And finally, Psalm 29, 11 says, may the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. So right there it says that this peace is a gift from God. Um, And that's what the Advent season is all about. In fact, in Isaiah 9, 6, um, just like Dallas had talked about, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is, Isaiah was a prophet, and this is a prophecy, that to us a child would be born, and he would be called the Prince of Peace. God gave us that Prince of Peace as a baby. He came in and he brought all these gifts with him and he was the embodiment of peace, of this godly peace that surpasses all understanding. So, what does that mean for us? Well, the holiday season can be crazy sometimes and it can be really, really, really easy to think about the presents we're gonna get or um, ooh, how are we gonna decorate our Christmas tree this year? Ooh, what are the lights gonna look like? Let's go make Christmas cookies. And those aren't bad things. Christmas is a great time of year and it's great to have fun and celebrate this joy that we have. But even despite, no matter what presents you get, and unwrap on December 25th, no matter what's under that tree, no matter what happens this Christmas season, no matter what happens in this 